Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the second episode of the official VIP podcast. My name is Paul Blaze, your host of the VIP podcast, and I'm joined by the co-host, the incredible co-host of the show, the voice of VIP, a.k.a. John James. Say hi, John. Yo, what's going on, baby? It's your boy, John James. We are here. We are here. What's up, Paul? What, what are you doing, man? What's good? I'm doing good, like always, when we're here together and doing our little, little podcast thing. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, man. With all this crazy ass um, lockdown out here, man, I'm bored. I'm bored to the boredness, man. I'm bored, man. Damn. Uh, I'm tired of it, man. I'm really tired of it. Can't, can't wait yeah. to go back to normal. And, and like we said in the first episode, we, we're already back to drinking again. Like getting oh, yeah. out there and getting fucked up. Oh, we've been drinking, we've been drinking, we've been drinking, yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> all right, to all our listeners, uh, if you didn't, didn't hear the first episode, from now on, we're going to provide you with thrilling background club stories, gossip, music news, DJ talks, and talks with special guests from around the world. And if you like what you hear, feel free to subscribe our podcast on all platforms and stay up to date. And uh, yeah, I said... We're going to have special guests from around the world. And this is what we're doing for this episode. Because now I'd like to introduce our special guest for this episode. With the police in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Live from Toronto, Canada. It's our man, DJ Four Corner. <laughs> what is up, guys? How you doing? How you holding up? What? is going on in vienna tell me man tell me i miss you guys oh man probably, you want to take this ball go ahead take you, yeah. you Paul. go ahead man go ahead probably the this, this the same stuff as in canada i think i don't know <laughs> how, how are you guys doing over there oh my god you know what i mean the weather is starting to get nice but it's not there yet so we're still in that in-between phase where we're like should we go outside do we need a jacket i don't know we're not sure yet and then the government said, all right, at least in the region where I am, the, the province is called Ontario. The government recently said, all right, we're going to dial back the lockdowns. We're going to open patios. Restaurants can have people sit on patios again. And uh, we can open up the barbershops and the hair salons and the tattoo shops and all that kind of thing. And regular stores can increase the capacity of people in the store at one time. And then like six days later, seven days later, they were like, psych everything's closed again all the way closed oh damn shut down no patios no barbershops no salons no tattoo shops and everybody in the stores right back down to the minimum so it was a real like slap in the face for everybody especially those who have businesses that you know it started to wow. get hope wow and it just just really feels like a, a huge step backwards and it feels like we don't know what to expect. Even when they say this is what it's going to be, that's not necessarily the case. And that's difficult yeah. for people. So it's, it's hard times, man. Mentally, it's hard times for people. We're all just figuring out how to, to be okay and continue to, um, you know, put food on the table, I guess. Yeah, man. So that was literally like uh, April Fool. Yeah. The government. <laughs> Except like they did it, it was like a day early. On March 30th, <laughs> a couple of days early, they were like, uh, like April Fool's. 
Gotcha. I gotcha, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> it was the same over here, too. We're going forth and back, like, from one lockdown to the other. Like, yeah. the, last summer, they had the, the restaurants open, and then they shut it down again, I think, in November. Since then, all the restaurants are closed. The club's been closed anyway from last March. We had our little anniversary <laughs> in March, and... Uh, and yeah, pretty much the same. I think our, our governments are, are handling it pretty similar, I guess, what I see on uh, in the news. So yeah. yeah. How is the how's the weather out there though? Oh, it's a mood swing. <laughs> it's a mood swing, man. Like <laughs> uh, today, only today, okay. It was snowing, then it started raining. What? Then it was summer, and then it was spring, and then it was snowing again. It's a it's a it's a full circle. Oh, shit. Shit. In one day. I guess I can't complain. It's just steadily getting a little bit and a little bit warmer here day by day, but we haven't had anything like that. That's oh, you, yeah. You got it good, man. You got it good up there. We have the house and know what you need to wear. Yeah, no, you don't. Crazy. You don't, man. You're coming outside like with a whole full backpack. Like, okay, what am I gonna do today? What what is it? Okay, <laughs> oh, I'm I'm ready for the winter right now. Oh damn, it's summer right now. Like it's a whole switched up. Yeah, mm-hmm. man. Don't try to catch a cold now because if you if you got a cold you're like excluded from everybody. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure. <laughs> all guys. No, no, COVID, COVID. Coronavirus. <laughs> you better one sneeze, man. One sneeze. Oh, I just <laughs> want to say are out here scared to sniffle. People start yeah. to trip out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, for the most part, with the with the exception of getting like outside for like some walks and some bike rides and stuff like that, walk by the lake, whatever, some nature shit. I don't know. I've been inside the house. So, cause there's nothing open. There's nothing else to do, but just the outdoors. And I'm not even really an outdoorsy kind of person, but these times are, are forcing me to be like, I don't go for walks, just like <laughs> walk in a circle. I don't do that, but now I do. Yeah, right. like, I, I gotta go outside, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like Kevin Hart said, you out there feeding pigeons. Right? Put the pigeon in the motherfucking phone. <laughs> <laughs> That's me now, man. And it never was. And, uh, I mean, I guess I've gained a new appreciation for, for nature a little bit, yeah. maybe. But I'm looking forward to uh, getting back to flying around the world and getting in the clubs and concerts and just being able to meet up with friends and family properly. Definitely. And, and to hang out with you guys. I love oh, to yeah, yeah, man. I love the club. VIP club is one of my favorite clubs in the world. You know, I always say that it's fucking, it's such a vibe. I love the way you, you do the marketing pre my arrival. I always, there's always a surprise. <laughs> yeah. like there's always some Canada flags or some shit. That's going to be like out of left field, some jerseys, something. Yeah. And like, it's an experience at that club. So I love DJing there, but like just as much, I love to come and see you guys and, and walk around. That's where I walk around when I'm on tour. Yeah, I've walked right. around Vienna so much. I, I clocked so many kilometers just exploring the city, and like I'm looking forward to getting back to that shit. Word up, okay. So, okay, okay. So you want to start telling the people, the listeners right now, telling me exactly who Four Corners is, what Four Corners does, like um, who's like t- tell me about Four Corners, man. That's a loaded question. I do a lot of things. I always have. Uh, most people know me as a DJ. A lot of people know me as the official DJ of the Toronto Raptors. Still the champs. Fuck you. <laughs> oh, it's out there. The okay. Last, okay. Still, I mean, when was the last time there was an NBA champion crowned in front of the world? 
So you're just going to put the Lakers on the side like that? Wow. No, the Lakers are a great team, and, like, they they did what they did, and I hope they continue to have success. But the bubble, even for us, the bubble felt, like, not real. It felt almost like some Mm. kind of dream. Like, even out because, I mean, no teams had their teams playing in their city. So we're all watching on TV, and they're they're home games, quote-unquote, and they're just all, like, the, the players were telling us, it's like, a home game and away game means nothing. It's no different. You're playing in the same gym. They just change the LED screens. Yeah. <laughs> Other so, than that, it's like, that's it. There's no home court energy. There's uh-huh. no away court, like, animosity when you walk into that gym and the, and the crowd's booing you. They don't have that. It's like, there was none of that energy. So they just had to really just dig deep. And I, I give props to the Lakers and all the teams that did well in the bubble because they really had to dig deep, including our guys. Like, we did well. We didn't go as far as we would like to, but, like, you know, that's sports. But that's every, all of them had to really dig deep and figure out where they're going to get the ongoing motivation from. And, like, yeah. Just yeah. similar to what we are doing now as DJs, we have to really take it back to, well, why did we do this in the first place? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's not. It's not just about the people's reaction. It's like, we have to love it from inside first. That's true. That's true. So like, I think that that's what the players really had to dig and, and channel from themselves. Mm-hmm. It's like, yo, remember that kid that picked up a basketball? Like I'm here. I know it's not, you know, it's not the glory of the big stadium, but like, I'm still here. I'm playing basketball for a living. It's the highest competition in the world. Let's fucking do this. Yeah. So, we're going back to the basics. Yeah. 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 I think I imagine that's how, how it felt, but for us watching, it was kind of a letdown. Like it was like it was exciting because it was way better than not having basketball. Like it was a million times better than not having. Basketball. <laughs> That's true. But That's it was true. also sure. kind of like, oh man, like we don't feel it the way we yeah. feel it, and we're yeah. not. Especially for you know, I mean, somebody like myself, where I'm actually a part of the organization. Yeah. And like for every step of it, I'm in directly involved. Like I'm there on the ground, and like I was watching mm. from afar. Also, it was. It was it was different. It was very different, and I'm really, I'm just trying to stay positive, and I'm just looking forward to when we get back to what it is that we planned in the first place, how we normally do things. Like that's 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 what's keeping me in a good positive frame of mind. Is like you know what? It's not always going to be like this. We've had years and years and years of it being. Mm-hmm. We normally like it. This is temporary. We will get back to what yep. it is we really do. Yeah, yep, definitely. Like the whole last year's just, just, just been crazy, and the, and the, and 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 also like how how people like like you or or me, I didn't start the streaming, but but I got back to the office more. You know what I mean? And uh, and 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 started working on on other stuff because uh, you got to keep yourself busy, and 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 you always try to plan and be like, what happened if if what happens if we can open up again in two months? All right, are we ready? It's like kind of. I would say insecurity, you know, in, in yourself mm-hmm. that you don't know, like when, 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 when everything's going to be back to normal. And if, if you're ready to go back to normal again, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I can imagine that. Like, exactly, Paul. Imagine the government just said, all right, cool. May 1st, you can open. Yeah. Like, what do you, what do you do? Like, <laughs> yeah. how do you mobilize and get every, yeah. not only just the venue ready, but like even all the people, like, where is everybody? Is, are people ready to come back and work? How many do you need? All that shit. Yep. Yeah. 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 That would be the hardest part. Damn, yeah. man. So for 4K, I'm going to call you 4K for the rest of the show. <laughs> 4K, translation, four corners. Um, you as a DJ traveling the world all over the place and stuff like that. So 
the first time you came to Austria, what was the what was the first thing you saw? Like you noticed exactly here in Austria. Oh, out here. I'm trying to remember which what was the first time I came. Um, I oh. know it's the homie Matino, big up Matino. <laughs> Shout out to you, Matino. Yeah, <laughs> he, uh, he arranged it. And um, shit, was it? It was VIP. I'm pretty sure VIP was the first club that I ever played. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. Pretty sure. Okay. And, um, I remember. Well, I remember the ride in from the airport, and I remember mm. seeing the the river, and I'm like, "Fuck! I've heard of this river my whole life." Like, there it is. Just like a lot of like every time I'm a, I'm a very big history buff, and I'm a traveler, and I yeah. love exploring. Like when I travel, I know a lot of DJs. They just go, they do the gig, they go to the next city. I mm. love to explore. Like I was saying before, I love history, and I For love sure. what local people do, and and where they go, and what they mm-hmm. eat, all that stuff. So like. Mm-hmm. I remember getting in and um, actually I think I crashed at Matino's house the night. Like I came a night early cause I wanted to see more of the city Yeah, and, and I went to the hotel the next day. So the first day I came and um, crashed at Matino's place and I was like, Matino, I'm in Austria. Take me to get schnitzel right now. <laughs> <laughs> I know what the fuck is up. Take me to get schnitzel. He's like, I got you say less. And we went to one of his favorite spots and, um, and served it up. He showed me the options. He like gave me a little bit of, of information as to like how to place my order depending on what I like. And I yeah. got a schnitzel with the with the ham in it, and it was good. Yeah. It was great. Yeah, love schnitzel. And then we walked around a little bit and just explored. And like, I know you guys know Matino very well. He's very, 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 very descriptive. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Very. <laughs> Tina will That's tell you, sure. like, all right, so when you're going to put on your shoe, first you put your, your foot, your toe in, and then you put the ankle, <laughs> and, you, and then you tie it. But you have to tie it like this, and you use your right hand and your left hand. And like, <laughs> <laughs> so he was like my tour guide and showed me so much of Vienna, and I felt like I was on an official tour because he, like, everything he knew, he told me. Yeah, this was that. It was really, really, really dope because I got to experience it from and with somebody who's from there and knows a lot about stuff and is excited to tell it. So that was really, really, really dope. And then, um, and then the club, my God, (laughs) like, I should know what, before the club, we went to dots for dinner. Oh yeah. It was the anniversary, right? Paul, it was the anniversary at that time. Yeah. That wasn't my first time. That was okay. That wasn't the first time. Okay. No, no, no. no. The very first time I went to, to dinner at dots and, Again, blown away. I love, like, it's such a dope spot. Like, are you guys excited? I know you go there all the time. Are you still impressed by it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we we relocated it, actually. It doesn't, uh, we're we're a couple of, like, I would say house numbers further away now from it. It got got relocated Mm. last year. But it has a nice terrace now. We can sit outside, Uh and and, and it's it's even better. Trust. It's beautiful. Better than that. Well, I mean, the way it was, the decor... And I mean the food, of course. The food is is top notch. It's amazing, but it was the the atmosphere that really blew me away, and like the quirky of it. Like different, every area had a different thing that made design it's crazy. Yeah yeah, 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 really good. So like I was blown away by that. I was like, holy shit, Vienna's fucking lit. <laughs> and then <laughs> and then the club and the club was bananas. Um, and I just went on and did my thing and just you guys embraced me. The the crowd yeah. was vibes. The ladies were were amazing, like great to look at, and like just <laughs> good attitudes. Like I didn't 
You know what I mean? I don't know. Maybe they're just treating me nice or what. I don't have a problem with that. But everyone is just like so nice and happy and welcoming. And like the vibes were high vibrations. I was like, yo, I definitely mm-hmm. felt Matino in the middle of my side. I was like, yo, I got to come back here. Like you got to bring me back here. Any chance I get, I want to come back here. Yeah, man. Hey, man. Yeah, we cannot wait to have you back. Oh, I'm not just talking shit. There's lots of places that I've DJed that I'm like, I'm never going. Yeah. <laughs> like during my set, I'm like, oh my god, how what time is my set over? I yeah, gotta get out of this place. Yeah, you, and, you can see yeah. this with with guest DJs or, or or sometimes with yourself when when you have the last record on and you already pack your backpack. Yeah. You already yeah. Get, get the fuck out of here. You, you already you know got the charger in your hand, wrapping <laughs> it up. <laughs> Where's my money? Chargers. <laughs> if I'm if I'm ready to go from a place, if I'm not having a good time, and like for whatever the reasons are, honestly, sometimes it's just maybe something happened that like just set me off or whatever. I'm generally in a very good mood. I generally am able to shake shit off, but like every now and then, again, this is a problem that's not a problem at VIP. Sometimes, you know, the management is just annoying or sometimes, you know what I mean? Things just throw you off your game as an artist and a performer that you're like, you know what, man, this is not it. Those nights (laughs) before I'm done, my charger's already in my bag. My my, my laptop uh, case is like hanging out the bag so that I can just slide it right in i'm already looking or messaging yo where's the money like all that vip is one of the spots that like i finish and then i sit down and i chill and like i think one time i left the club and then you had to message me be like bro you didn't get your money and like oh shit that's right (laughs) (laughs) that's what i was too much that's that's why i do this that's why i do this to like have those kinds of experiences so Believe me, when I say I really love VIP and I love hanging out with you guys and the way you do things, I'm not a bullshitter. I'm a very straight talker. If I didn't like it, I wouldn't even do this podcast. You know what I mean? I'd be like, yeah, I'm here because I saw you were doing it. I was like, yo, that's a dope idea to keep the the name of the club thing and give people a different, you know, perspective. Maybe people come to the club every week, but they don't know the things that you're going to even be able to tell them about how it works and why you do it and like bring the people in like myself who get to come and experience it from time to time and like how we see it like the whole thing is just really really dope so yeah hats off to you guys i love what you do thank you very much thanks for your message we we had a appreciate that we had a marsh pit right corners (laughs) we had a marsh pit i I remember we had a marsh pit we had a marsh pit everything everything. and then you mentioned that that anniversary party the time that i happened to be in town for the anniversary yeah that was yeah incredible that was such a dope day such a dope day yeah martin actually got influenced by jc by then that's a little side info because he's doing his is is rock uh what was it rock nation brunch every year and yeah. Martin was like yeah i got to do something like that too hey. I was like, all right let's let, let's go let's go and, and last year it was even last year it, the funny the funny thing or not really funny but it's actually interesting like Last year, we had this brunch like uh, five or six days before the first shutdown. So there were about like three, four hundred people packed in the restaurant. Like nothing happened at the end of the day, but it was crazy, especially afterwards, like the week after when the shutdown came in and you really started realizing what the fuck is going on out there. Because Mm -hmm. before that, everybody was like, even though if you're interested or you took it serious, you were like, all right, there's something happening. But well, yeah, it's happening. But they won't shut us down or, or they won't close the stores or close everything and force us to stay at home. And then like six mm-hmm. days later, it was a completely oh, different did. world. 
Okay, so you didn't know the shutdown was coming at that time? No, they, they, they weren't even talking about it. I think on Saturday or on Friday, we had the brunch, and on Monday, they started mingling about it. It was like, yeah, may, maybe, maybe, and then Tuesday or Wednesday, they shut everything down. Damn. And, and it was crazy. And then also, uh, side info about it, we had Skepta uh, there for us. Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah. And the last yeah. song he performed in the club was... Oh! Shut no. down! No. <laughs> really? Oh, my God. <laughs> like, the week afterwards, I was like, yo, this shit was crazy. Like, oh, really my God. That. That's yeah. crazy. He had a great That's show. Super great super not show. funny. <laughs> yeah, right? right? I'm laughing, but it's not funny, man. It's not yeah. funny. Wow. Well, it's hilariously fun. not funny. Right? <laughs> right. But talking about... Yes, Coming back, like to the to the to the sh- uh, shutdown thing, how how was it in uh, actually in Canada? They they shut everything down too, right? Like the clubs, yeah. everything. Boom. Well, this is how it went down here. Like we were starting just like there. We, I mean, everybody, the whole world was listening, and we were starting to hear more and more on the news: coronavirus, coronavirus, and everybody's mm-hmm. asking, like, "What is this?" And we're all kind of looking at it like, "Okay, well, maybe it's going to be like SARS." Or like, uh, like the the bird flu, or like things like that. The Ebola, that been, stuff like Ebola. that. Yeah. There have been things that have come up over the few of the past like decade or so mm-hmm. that it didn't like it affected things, but it didn't shut anything really down everywhere. It just like if you were in an area where it was directly affected, maybe there was something, and like we had never experienced any of that. Mm-hmm. SARS was a big thing. Like there was a big issue in in the Toronto area, but. It was just like if you had come into contact or whether you had to quarantine, but it wasn't, everything was still as normal. It's just like those mm-hmm. who were affected, you guys stay away for a little bit and then come back and everything would be good. But yeah. so we weren't really like, we didn't know what level of seriousness we were about to be dealing with until the day I knew was the day when uh, the NBA shut down, when, when they had to stop the game because... <sighs> Rudy Gobert, um, yeah, yeah, and they stopped the game, and then announced that they were stopping all games. I was like, I looked at my girl at the time. I was like, "Yo, let's go to the grocery store right now. Let's go get the essentials because, like, I feel like if people panic, there's not going to be shit left. I don't know how people are going to react. I don't know what's going to happen. We're, we're it's so uncertain, but we do know it's serious because I know how much money." is moved around with the NBA mm-hmm. and they're shutting down the NBA. This is a fucking problem. Like this is a big deal. Yep. They will not shut down the NBA for a small situation. And mm-hmm. then like the next day or the day after they shut down the, the NHL hockey. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yep, that's it. And then um, I want to say like maybe that week, a few days later, they announced everything's closed. All the nightclubs, everything shut down. And uh, we were just there, like, well, scared. Like, What's everybody's next? because we don't know what the hell it is. So we're like, you know, that unknown situation just has you horrified. Like, oh, my God, am I going to get sick and die? We don't know mm-hmm. what this thing is. And all the images that they keep showing us from Wuhan looks like the, wor- the end of the world. Yeah. And yeah. we're just sitting here like, well, do we have enough toilet paper? I don't know. So, like... Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys run out of toilet paper too? In the in the did stores? not run out of toilet paper. I don't know where that even came from or why people thought that that was a thing. And really, really, even if we did run out of toilet paper, 
wash your ass in the bathtub. Like, what's the fucking problem? <laughs> Take a fucking shower. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what's the problem? I don't know what. I don't know why people fix that. I don't know what started it, but it just became this thing, and then it became a meme, and everybody who stocked up on toilet paper, you're you're an idiot. Like, why? Yeah. You there's never going to be a situation where toilet paper is going to be a life or death situation. <laughs> right, right. Over here, everything with... was empty. Like the whole thing. Yeah. Every store would mm-hmm. ran out of toilet paper, and I just went yeah. in there because I was I was also scared because of the baby, and I was like, oh yeah. damn, like uh, we cannot afford to have food, not food in here. So yeah. I was like, I was like, like and I went food. to yeah, right. Water. Yeah. Yeah. You can find yeah. other ways to wipe your ass. Food and water. <laughs> Food and water. <laughs> it's the simplest though. I don't know how it turned into everybody get the toilet paper. I don't know where that came from. But yeah, it was a problem here too. And then, you know, it was super depressing. And then we started trying to figure out what we're going to do. And then we just had to mentally settle into the fact that, okay, this is going to be like this for a while. So, you know, once everything oh. settled down like that and we realized that, okay, well, we're not going to run out of food. The grocery stores are fine. Just stay inside and whatever. We were like, I guess we stay inside for now. Wow. And never, never thought it was going to be this long. Yeah. Me never, too. Me too. We all hoped that it wouldn't be this long. And there was some hope during the summer that it felt like things were getting back to normal. Mm-hmm. And then it shut down again. And here we are a year later, bro. Yeah, year wow, later. Oh, man. It's, been, it, it's past that already. Yeah. And 4K. Uh, okay, let me ask you this. Um, with Canada and stuff like that, and from the from the information that you already gathered from Canada or on your own perspective, what do you think it's gonna feel like when the clubs open again over there? Man, I don't know. I well, first things first. I have no idea when that's gonna be. I feel like that's kind of like the last thing that's gonna open, like indoor nightclubs. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's the last thing. Outdoor situations, I feel like they're going to figure things out at least to an extent mm-hmm. for the summer because so much money was lost last year that yeah. they, all these, even including the government, because the government does a lot of, you know, big events and whatnot across the country. I'm sure they're going to figure some things out, maybe reduce capacity or, I mean, it depends on what level we are with distributing vaccines. Um, we don't even know if that shit works yet, but like it's right now that's what they're on. So like, if they say you, if you're vaccinated, then you can go outside. Then I think that a lot of people are going to be way more open to it than they were before, myself included. I was so skeptical before, and yeah. now when I'm like, "Yo, just give me the thing, man. I'll deal with, I'll, I'll deal with those <laughs> or whatever comes yeah. from it. I don't know. I just like, you know, give me yeah. that, give me that. Yeah. So from from then on, I don't know. We'll see. But like, really, really, I don't know when will be able mm. to have nightclubs. And then even thinking about it, just like, even just watching old videos, think about all the shit that we did that like really just passed germs to each other. Like sharing, yeah. you know, bottle shots yep. and yep. like sharing glasses. Oh, take us, t- t- you know, try my drink. Taste my, it tastes good. Try this one. You know, people making out with each other and shit. Like, you know, just meet somebody. In the bathrooms and so, <laughs> all the nasty shit. Like all that shit is like, I, it's, I was already kind of a germaphobe before this. I am a high-level germaphobe now. Like, <laughs> I'm a high I don't want to exchange any fluids with anybody until we have a full diagnostic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, oh, I don't want to share your drink. I will friggin', I will 
let my mouth turn to dust before I share a drink with you. I will wait. Wow. Because, like, you just start to think about these things way more now. Now that there's something in there that's going to make you really sick or whatever. There always was. Like, germs have always been germs. But it's just heightened now because it's, like, at the front of everything all the time. So I I don't know what it's going to look like. But I think it's going to start with what they've tried already, like, earlier or, like, at some point during last year. Some of the clubs were open, but only tables. And mm-hmm. like there's there's no that they actually just like remove the dance floor or just like put stuff there, only tables and spread apart. And then it I didn't I what I didn't participate in that though because I thought it was weird. Okay. Like how are you gonna be DJing in a nightclub and yeah. like a table here and then there's a table six feet away and there's another table six feet away and like everybody's partying in their little pod. Yeah. And so you're not allowed to interact with each other. There's nobody's yes. allowed to dance. It was like, it's you know, I'd rather yeah. DJ in a restaurant where people know they're coming to sit down and like yeah. socialize versus yeah. a nightclub where you're going to pop by like the bottles. I saw videos on Instagram. People are like, they're mm. bringing the bottles and like they have to walk so far because all the tables are so far apart. And like oh, the bottles, and there's like 10 people there by themselves, like on an island. Even if I looked at that. I was like, yo, wouldn't you just have more fun if you just had 10 people at your house? Yeah. That's right. for sure. That's right. a fact. I, I thought. Outdoor venues? Absolutely. I'm looking forward to that. But indoor, we got to get it back to something closer to what we're used to mm-hmm. for it to, like, feel good. Like, VIP is dope. You guys have the indoor-outdoor thing. So, like, maybe you'll be able to do outdoor mm-hmm. stuff first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who knows? I don't fucking know. I'm talking out of my ass. But, like, it's just got to feel <laughs> like a party, though. Yeah. You yeah, got to feel. Has, uh, yeah, we did it a little bit last summer. We had the outdoor area open and mm-hmm. also with restrictions and blah and that yeah. Uh it it wasn't it wasn't the same. It was it, it was a way to 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 get together at least to a certain level and uh but uh, not even close to, right. to what we had and and also like it's funny because when I when I watch all these videos from from our, our event videos or party videos I'm like, damn, like all this uh, mosh pits and everybody like being in one place so close. It looks kind of like, I don't know. It, it's, I think like, we're humans. We humans, we get used to stuff really fast. You know what I mean? It's, it's like, it's like when you look back then and you're like, oh damn, or I got, I got, I don't know. When I'm on Facebook, I, I watch heavy metal festival videos. I don't know how I got into this <laughs> shit. <laughs> oh, be like Nirvana in ninety whatever, and and playing in front mm-hmm. of one hundred sixty thousand people. People, I'm like, yo. The first initial thought I had was like, yo, the police. I'm so is sorry. I live in. I'm so sorry. When I live in the hood, I live in the hood. Okay. <laughs> I am sorry. <laughs> I live in the Wait, hood. <laughs> are we allowed to gather on the internet like this, or are they? Coming? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're coming together. No, when I look at these videos, I'm like, yo, what if somebody is really sick in between these 150,000 people? And then I catch myself being a dumbass and be like, of course somebody is sick in between these 150,000 yeah. people. But yeah. you know what I mean? So it's different. But well, let's 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 uh, let's uh, get away from this negative. Yeah, uh, yeah man. Let's yeah. still go back to the yeah, man. Let's go to the to the to the good stuff. Yeah, uh, Four Corners, you, you already mentioned and, and, and you are the official uh, DJ of the Toronto Raptors. 
for those people who don't know the Toronto Raptors, they're an NBA basketball team. And um, for me, I always had this uh, question for myself, actually. It's like, is there is there a big difference between uh, um, DJing in a, in a club and DJing during a basketball or NBA game? Or do you have to follow a schedule there? Do you have meetings? Do you have music concepts you have to follow for certain games or stuff? Everything you just said, it's so, so different. It's completely different. Um, Nightclubs, I mean, first things first, nightclubs is a party. So Mm -hmm. like, show up to the party, I can be, I can get drunk or I can be drunk already when I get there. (laughs) (laughs) Not so much at the Raptors game. No alcohol, even though there's alcohol sponsors and everything. All the little people try to give me drinks all the time. No alcohol. I'm not even actually sure if I, it's like completely against the rules for me to drink there. I just don't because there's so much going on. Mm-hmm. And it's such a, like, so much, such a high level of concentration required that I need to be 1 million percent clear. At the club, man, like, you know what I mean? I get into my set. I do my thing. It's like second nature. Like the music comes out of my fingers. It's not something that I really need to think about. And when I'm in the zone, I know what I'm going to play five, ten songs ahead. There's not a really lot of concentration happening. Or I've learned, actually, to, uh, to manage. You know, I take everything I just said back is, is bullshit. Everything I just said was wrong. It's a lot of concentration needed in a nightclub. But it's a skill or a set of skills that you have to master to be successful. Yeah, that's and true. To be in the club, like if I'm in the club and they're in the booth at VIP, for example, the booth is big enough that there's people in there. There's always, I like to have girls in the booth. So there's girls there. They're all, hey, want to talk to me or dance with me or like they're just moving around. There's drinks flying back and forth. I have to communicate with you, John, to like, you, so we know what we're doing as far as the performance. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Paul, you might come in and ask me something or tell me something or like, you know, there's all this going on. Plus, I got to focus on the music that I'm playing and do a good job and talk on the mic and do all the things that I do. So yeah, it's a, it's a high level multitask, but at the end of the day, it really is just me. And also if something goes wrong, it's not the end of the world. You know what I mean? Like if, if the, if the needle, I mean, well, I'm not using turntables. I'm so used to turntables now. Holy shit. I've been using turntables at home and I'm just thinking turntables now at the club. I use CDJs specifically for that reason, because there's Mm -hmm. something happening that, CDJs are like tanks. There's not a lot that can go wrong. But if for some reason, like a song finished or like anything goes wrong, whatever, you just get on the mic, you talk some shit, you play another song, the, the world keeps turning. Yeah. But at basketball, it's more like a production than it is a party. It's not a party at all. It's like there is a script and we have like a run of show that we have to follow. And I handle all the music for the whole production. So like, I'm playing songs, not only just DJing, but also like for specific contests or specific sponsor things or like, there's like all these cues that are happening that I have to know, okay, when this happens, I got to play this song. And then I go into this, this happens. There's a lot of that going on. I have like a, a loose script that they make for me specifically of all the things that are for me, but there's another one that's like, I don't even know how many pages thick that's for everybody involved. And when I'm DJing, I have my headphones on, but I also have a feed that is locked into the communication between everybody. Wow. That's high level of multitasking. Yeah. So like I have <laughs> to like know what's for me and what I have to ignore. And like sometimes I'm mixing while talking is happening 
And even sometimes I'm mixing and they're talking to me to say, oh, there's a change in plans. Instead of this, we're going to do this. And I have to be able to manage all of that. <clears throat> wow. And no, there's no fuck ups because there's, there's like 20,000 people there. It's a big show. It's a worldwide thing. Plus, there's TV. So there's millions of people watching on TV. There's the TV stations involved. Like, even talking about it right now is making me kind of nervous because I'm like, shit, man, that's a fucking lot. But I do, <laughs> I do it. I've been doing it for, like, this season is my 16th year with the Raptors. Wow, man, that's crazy. So, so you're telling me that you were there when Chris Bosh was still playing yes. for the Raptors? When I got there was when Chris Bosh was, like, he just got there. He was the man. Wow. And at first, and that's the thing, at first, my role there, we made it up as we went along because there wasn't a DJ before me. So we had to figure out between me and the game operations team how to work my, my, what I do into the whole mix of everything because they normally just would just play songs from the control booth. So figuring all that out was great. And then I would say like maybe two, three years in, we kind of locked in on what it was and we continue to expand. But at this point, I know I can do it with my eyes closed now, but yeah, I got to be like locked in though. I got to be super locked in. There's like people around me yelling and shit. Like there's a lot. It's like, imagine everything I said about concentration in a nightclub times a million. Like that's what it is at the games. So it's not something that a dope ass club DJ can walk into and just and, handle it. You got to like, wow. Practice. Really, really learn. Yeah. And have to learn by doing the only person that I have, like I have, uh, a backup, if you want to call it that. I, I don't like to call it a backup, but like he's, there's this DJ producer by the name of DJ Agile from here in Toronto. He's an OG DJ, been around, done a, done a whole bunch of things, produced a lot of really big records. Um, he is the one that I trust and they trust to handle it when I'm not there. Like I really, really try not to not be there, but every now and then there's something that's happening that I can't be in two places at once. And like, you know what I mean? Like, for example, like I DJed at the Olympics and I was like, well, I got this opportunity to DJ at the Olympics. I'm going to have to miss three games. Is that cool? And they're like, yeah, of course. So they work it out and they have Agile come in. And I had to help trade Agile too for this and like get him ready. If oh, there's wow. ever a situation where I can't be there and he can't be there, I don't know what the fuck's going to happen. <laughs> wow. Real talk. Wow. Shit is not easy. And, is also, not easy. and also, okay, um, when the players are getting ready, do you have to play something different than for the crowd later on? Or do you play the same thing for the crowd and the same thing for the players too at the same time, like with the um, playlist? Yeah, no, when the players, I specifically play a set of like turn up hip hop when the players first touch the court and are getting warmed up and getting ready. Because I like, I'm locked in for them trying to get them in the zone at that time. But the rest of the game, I'm really not playing for the players at all. It's way more important to get the crowd hyped up because the players get hype off the crowd's energy. Yeah, that's for sure. So okay. I could be playing fucking Gangnam style. It doesn't matter. Like if the crowd's hype, the players. <laughs> okay. So, and also because like a nightclub is, you kind of know the demographic when you go into a room, what it is. And like the rule of thumb, I know you guys know this very well. Make the girls happy. Everybody's happy. Yes, right? sir. Yes, sir. That's not how it goes at the stadium because there's like, number one, it's not about the girls. It's like, it's about everybody. And there's no like age range in there. It's babies all the way to elderly people. And there's 
not like you know if you go to VIP somebody goes to VIP they they kind of have to know what they're getting into musically like what kind of they're not going to hear heavy metal at VIP when you come to a game you're coming to watch basketball and you could like whatever kind of music personally so I have to manage all of that and make sure that there's something for everybody and there's nothing too far that it alienates people mm-hmm. and it just keeps it moving and like is enjoyable mm-hmm. for all. But you're right, John. I like when the players hit the court, I don't give a fuck about anybody else but them at that point. I was like, okay. yo, let's hype these guys up. Let's get these guys in the right frame of mind for, for war, for battle. And then after that, I, I kind of like, well, it's not about you guys anymore. It's the entertainment now for the people. And they're here to support you. Let me hype them up so they can be hype and give you that energy so you guys can continue doing what you do on the court. That's for sure. Did, did it happen that, that one of the players was like, yo, can you play me that song? I mean, there's there's a little bit of a distance from the court to your booth, I guess. But but yeah. be like, yo, can you play me that song? I, I want to get hyped up. Or my team, that's yeah. our team song. I mean, maybe not for the... For for the for your opponents, <laughs> yeah. I mean, oh, that's another thing too. That's a good point. I always make sure. I mean, I don't think it's a, that big a deal, but just from a psychological standpoint, depending on who we're playing, I will not play certain songs. Yeah, you know what I mean, really? like I'm not gonna play. I'm not gonna play big New York music when when we're playing the the Brooklyn Nets. You know what I mean? Like no. I, I won't play any Jay Z that day because. Fuck that. I love Jay-Z. <laughs> We're his guys right now. We don't want, you know what I mean? Like, so Drake all the way. Drake all the way. I mean, Drake, Drake gets played like crazy no matter what. Everywhere in the world, but a lot in Toronto and like specifically at the mm-hmm. rap games. I've been playing Drake music since way before Drake was even Drake. So that's never changed. But he just has okay. like more songs for us to play now. Um, but then he's also part of the organization. So like he has his seat and like he's there a lot. And they'll sometimes be like, Oh shit! Drake's here today. Make sure you play a song on this next time out, and then we'll put him on the camera or whatever. But um, and and does Tory Lanez have the same treatment as Drake? Oh, absolutely not! Come on, man. <laughs> Tory Lanez is not on the level of Drake. Tory Lanez is huge, and he's a fucking dope ass artist. But he's not on the level of Drake. As well as again, Drake is like Drake has a part in the organization. Like he's his his role is the global ambassador of the Toronto Raptors, and we have branded OVO merchandise and jerseys and the court on some games is an OVO court. So like Drake is actually a part of the organization. There's nobody that's treated the same way as Drake when it comes to the Raptors. Nobody. Artists. But we have a lot of artists that are huge Raptors fans and come to games a lot, a lot. And we have, we, of course we love them up. We love them all up, but Drake is actually part of our team. So okay. he has a, he has a very distinct separation between him and everybody else on that alone. It's not even who's bigger or not, even though he's like... Did he get a ring? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course. (laughs) And he made his his own ring. He made his own different design ring. So he has two rings. He's great. (laughs) He can do that, man. (laughs) I do my own ring, and I'm going to get yours, too, just in case. (laughs) (laughs) So so, so you said, like, I have one one question here on my my little little, uh, question sheet, I would say. (laughs) Um, like, but do you pay attention? Like, if you see certain celebrities, like, let's go. Just in general, if you got a rapper there who's got beef with another rapper, you know, just basic, basic <laughs> shit. You know what I mean? And then, and then you <laughs> see, question. you know, and then you're like, are you, are you, 
Are you going to play? Even though if it's the biggest rap, like, let's go back to Drake. Like when he had his beef with, with uh, Meek Mill, right? Right. So if Meek Mill would have had the biggest, biggest record out there, like bigger than ev every record that has been in history, would you, yeah. would you have played it or not? I guess I know the answer. Um, well, put it this way. It's not exactly, again, this is another circumstance where it's not exactly like the clubs. Like if, if Drake is in the club, if Drake popped up at VIP, and it was during the, the Meek Mill Drake beef. Mm -hmm. You're for sure, even if Meek had the biggest song out, you're not going to play Meek at that time. When, when, at that time. You'll play Meek every other night, but not that night. Right. Right? Yeah, right. In the stadium, regarding that specific beef, um, because it was like so heightened and it was like such a big deal. To be honest, I didn't really need to play any Meek Mill song because Drake made songs that were fucking about Meek Mill and they were hilarious. <laughs> I just played those and um, but in general during that beef whether Drake is there or not I just didn't I wasn't playing any Meek Mill period because like Drake's my guy yeah you know right. what I mean right. so like that's maybe that's a bad example because Drake is like I have a connection to Drake but mm -hmm. if it was like beef between like I remember for example one time I was in Dubai playing and Rick Ross was in the club and he had a, a beef with, honestly, I can't even remember who it is right now because it was like so not a big deal in hip hop that everybody knew was, oh, Rick Ross is beefing with so-and-so. And I played a song and one of his guys ran over and was like, no, 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 don't play that. Ross has beef with that guy. And I'm like, well, how the fuck am I supposed to know who you're mad at? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <right? laughs> you're not my guy, so I don't know your personal stuff. I'm like, I don't know who you're mad at. Like, what? But that said... At the games, you know how Drake and Chris Brown didn't get along for a long time? Yeah. yeah. Chris Brown's tunes kept beating at the games because he had such big records that they were, and it's not hip-hop, so maybe that has something to do with it, but like some of his dance records and stuff are kind of staples with what the dancers dance to or like hype-up moments. Like, yeah, three times is an example. Mm. It's like a big stadium song that's like, it's not about anything, but like, everybody, let's have a good time. Yay! And yeah, it's Chris Brown, but like even when Drake was there, we had to play the song. Drake had to just eat that one because like he gets it. It's fucking business. It's money. Right. Yeah. And, right. and it's not about him spitting bars or anything that are like anything to do with Drake. It's just his happy dance song. Yeah. Yeah. John, before before we get into your next question, I got one because you said the dancers, right? Um, yeah. we, see, yeah. we see or I see these beams all over the place all the time where, where the security guards uh, uh, starts, starts being a, a <laughs> professional dancer or some people <laughs> in the crowd like, like a five-year-old kid starts busting moves and shit everything of this is scripted right yeah just with the mascot sure, right? and everything yeah yeah with the I, mascot or i don't something. know what you mean there's just mad talented people that come to the games <laughs> oh, he, oh come on for come on man Toronto's lit, man. Toronto's lit. all our security guards can dance what do you mean <laughs> <laughs> all right just to get that clear <laughs> yeah you know i don't know how they do it in other cities but in toronto we just got toronto got talent is what that is yeah word up, word up. and also for k um have you ever encountered with Jacob Perto? Because like Jacob played for the Toronto Raptors for a couple yeah. of years, and he's all he's the only Austrian basketball player. Even he, sometimes he's at VIP, and he's standing at VIP, and like it's crazy because I'm not a smart <laughs> guy, you know, I'm not a smart guy, and I'm standing in front of Jacob Perto. My face is literally under his Naples paw. Like <laughs> this kid is so huge. He's I'm a like, tall dude. He's a tall, he's tall a dude. 
big dude. Um, yeah, I, I um, you know what? I didn't have that much. Like I, I hung out with him a little bit, and like I do, I do Raptors events and stuff like that. And even um, well, he came to my birthday party one year. I, I did a, I had my birthday party in Toronto, or one of them. I always have like a bunch. But at the time, he and um, like four or five other guys came to the club. Um, we would like see each other in passing or whatever. But like when I, there was one time I actually brought Matino to a game. He was in Toronto, and I brought him to a game, and I was able to actually get them, like bring Matino down to the court so we could talk to Yak. And they had a little yeah. conversation. I don't know what the hell they said. They talked in German, but like he's super happy. <laughs> you know? So he's super happy to see somebody from home. And um, yeah, they had a little moment there. But yeah, he was. I miss him, man. He was such a good, good dude. Like such good energy, always happy. Yeah. And him and Pascal Siakam were like the Besties. best of friends. They were so like people would be like, "Oh, they're so cute. They're they're gigantic dudes." But like they're like you you look at them and you think they went to school together since they were little. Yeah, kids. that's beautiful. So that's that beautiful. was that was really tough to see him go. Um, and we definitely miss him. I miss him. He's he's a good dude. Yeah. He's such a humble guy, man. It's crazy. Yeah. So always when Yo. it comes to VIP, I see him because you see him sticking out of the crowd. <laughs> I see him, yeah. yeah. And and <laughs> I walk over to him and I'm like, Yo, Jakob, why why didn't you write me a message or why didn't you call me that you come and I would have let you through the VIP entrance while you yeah. out there? You know, he's like, No, no, I'm fine, you know, it's all good. And I'm like, Bro, you're an NBA player. And he's like, Yeah, but I really enjoy being normal over here because like yeah. A lot yeah, of people yeah. know him now. He's been in the news, but not like in the news, like in the States or in the, right, in the yeah. NBA bubble. Right. You know what I mean? And and, and and that's that's pretty crazy. And he enjoys it. I'm like, yo, you want to have some to drink? I, I hook up. It's like, no, no, I'm good. I'm fine. Just, yeah. just, just That's yeah. I mean. That's who he is. Yeah. yeah. I, I can imagine that, though, because, I mean, it could go both ways. Like, he could be like a super superstar in Austria or people could be like, oh, we always see Yak. It's no problem. It's no, it's no big deal. Right. And like, I guess it's the second way that he feels comfortable that he can just actually be normal instead of in the States where wherever he goes, it's like, you're super tall. You're, aren't you, you're an NBA player, aren't you? You look familiar. Right. And then yeah. autographs and all that stuff. So, I mean, yeah. you know, that's, it's a difficult, as much as we, it's, it's funny to say it's difficult. It's so difficult to be rich and famous. But it's difficult to like not be a normal person around people. And people treat you different. And like, I can totally understand what he means when he's like, yo, I, 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 yeah. I love to just be able to come here and be normal and just be treated normal. Like that's got to feel very natural and like home to him versus yeah. everything else that happens. It's crazy in his life. Yeah. These, are some of, these are some of the things me and him were talking about. I was like, everybody put your hands up in the air right now. Jakob did not do that. Because putting his hands up in the air, literally touching the ceiling all the way, putting everything down. <laughs> like, keep your hands down. Do not put your hands up, man. Oh, really? Don't do that. That was great. But also, I, I think a big part, also because we got we got uh, uh, football players or soccer players in, in at VIP, or different kind of uh, sports people, I would say. And they, everybody is like, yeah, people know that they are there. Like David Alaba, who's like the biggest football soccer star in austria you know what i mean and in and, europe uh, basically in europe yeah. basically and uh and um yeah. he's from vienna and he always enjoys coming to the club because he has his peace over there and and and, and with jacob it's the same when i talk to him it's like 
It's like, yo, can can you give me a ball? I want to shoot some hoop out there. The <laughs> I, was like, I was like, what? Yeah, I'm going to go ahead. Yo, uh, I would love to play one-on-one with Jakob in Vienna. That would be awesome. That would be, yeah, yeah. we got to arrange that next time. Yes, yeah. Um, yo, but you play like, basketball, right? Yeah, yeah, I play basketball okay. my whole life, my whole life. Um, really? Is, is... Paul, you just mentioned that like there's a lot of you know celebrities and footballers and stuff that come to the club. Is it specifically at VIP that people don't bother them, or is that the general vibes in Vienna and in Austria that like it's just not like that there? I think okay. it's it's not really. It, it depends. It depends if if you're more if you're more fallen into the teenager star group of people. You know what I mean. If you're a musician and you're you're your target group or your fans are in between 12 and 16 or 18, of course they go nuts. Backstreet Boy style. You know what I mean? They'll, they'll go. But Bieber style. The clubs, yeah, yeah, actually, I, heard, I heard a story about Bieber there actually, now that you mentioned that. Yeah. I heard there was something they crowded outside his hotel and some, some crazy shit like that. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. But with, 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 with the celebrities, sports celebrities, I'd say they, it's, it's, it's okay, I would say. Of course, if you're a fan of, of, of their team, you're trying to get there, but most of the time, uh, people leave them in peace. And uh, I guess it still also depends on who as well. Maybe yeah. maybe celebrities or like sports superstars from Austria, it's not the same as like, imagine if LeBron James came to the club. Oh, Game yeah. over. Huh. Game over. Imagine me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> imagine me. I'm saying it right now. I'm saying it right now. John, John, but like, oh my God, LeBron's here. Just push everybody out of the way. The mosh pit is just John trying to get to LeBron. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know it already. LeBron James, man. The greatest, play, like, the greatest no. basketball player of all time. Yeah, I said it. So anyone exactly who's listening right now and disagree with me, come on, fight me. LeBron James is the best basketball player of all time. I we get it. LeBron's your favorite. We get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. There's a difference between the best and your favorite. I appreciate that he's your favorite. He's great. Yeah. I love I love LeBron James. Yeah. My sister put that right yesterday. She said, we could argue right now or we could have peace. I picked the peace. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I didn't even engage with John on that one. Because I have a <laughs> I have a different opinion, but it doesn't matter. If everybody can have their favorite, I get it. It's not gonna end. Like, don't don't have me start. We're gonna, right now. We're gonna hijack this whole podcast. We're just gonna be talking about this. So now let's do that. <laughs> just for so, our listeners, just so they understand, every time uh, Four Corners comes to Austria and he meets uh, uh, John, they don't. Sometimes they don't even say hi. They just go off straight. straight <laughs> <off>. <laughs> <laughs> their highs, y'all. LeBron is the best player in the world, and then it goes forth and back forever. And I'm just sitting there, and I'm like, all right, well, yeah. And this yeah. motherfucker always pulls, pulls up with a, a some kind of like it was always. I mean, he's a Laker now, but before it was the Cavs, and you would have a Cavs hat or a Cavs jacket or a Cavs shirt, a jersey. I'm not, I'm not ashamed, man. I'm not ashamed. Wherever LeBron goes, I go. I'm not ashamed. I admit it. I don't care. Wherever he goes, if he goes to the Toronto Raptors right now, I'm a Toronto Raptor too. I appreciate that level of commitment to your favorite player. Yes. Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, bro. So um yeah, we talked we talked about about the, the, the Drake thing and uh, when you were in Austria and we had dinner, um 
we we could have recorded actually that that conversation at the dinner and made a podcast out of this because it was so interesting i think for both of us but you told me like when when toronto um, um won the championship and the whole movement started in the city and how it brought the city together and 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 drake being there and, and hyping everything even more up and and how 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 was it for you i know the story but i want you to tell the, our listeners the story too how how it was like this this moment man i could i could i could tell this story a million times and it always still feels like wow we did that shit like it was a moment in my life and it was like a series of moments for a whole like you know the nba playoffs they start in like middle of april and then it goes until middle of june and the expectations for our team like we played great we had a great season and um we're always still the underdog no matter what like no matter what in the in the media in the nba world in the sports world they always and continue to look at Toronto as like the underdog. They're like, yeah, they're good, but they're not going to do this or they're not going to do that or they can only go so far or whatever. Even when we got Kawhi and like all of us who really know basketball are like, yo, Kawhi Leonard is a beast. Danny Green is a marksman. Those are great pickups. Kyle Lowry and stuff like that. Well, I mean, put them together with what we got because <clears throat> we were already on the rise. You get those guys like, it was all really sad to see DeRozan go, but like those of yeah. us who really know basketball were like, you don't get Kawhi Leonard for nothing. You've got to give something up. You know what I mean? It's got to be a special circumstance. So yeah. when we got him and then that season was rolling on and we were playing so well and we got to the playoffs and like we were in a great position and people still wrote us off. And we were like, all right, cool. Well, we're going to do what we do. And we knew what we had, but it just seemed like everybody didn't know. And like game after game, round after round, it just started building. And like, even in Toronto, like not everybody is a Raptors fan. Not everybody's a basketball fan, especially when you're talking Canada. We're the only NBA team in Canada. So like people on other parts of the country, they don't feel like the Raptors are their team unless they're really, really into basketball. Yeah. By the time we got to May and like, you know what I mean? We beat the, when we beat the Bucks and we made it to the finals, it was just like the, the ball was just rolling and we're just picking up fans along the way. And like everybody was jumping on the bandwagon. And we were like, yo, you know what? Come on board. Let's go. Everybody, let's go. And then started having people from around the world because any basketball fans everywhere, you know, the, the, it starts to get narrowed down. There's only four teams left and then there's only two teams left. And you all kind of have to pick a team. If you're a really, really, you know what? As a basketball fan, you 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 decide who you want to win. I was walking with you too, actually. Yeah, you, dude. I'm telling you, <laughs> so many people were rocking with us. Well, for a lot of reasons. Number one, we're just fucking dope. We're a great team, and we were playing really dope team basketball. Mm -hmm. If you love the sport of basketball, if you love the game of basketball, the way we play, you have to be a fan of that. Tough defense and team offense. Like it's not one guy doing it; it's everybody. If you love the sport. You love the way we play. And then, okay. and then you throw the Drake effect into it, where, of course, Oof. you have a lot of fans. So people are like, oh, that's Drake's team? Okay, cool. And mm -hmm. then Toronto has been a hot city on the map. So like a lot of people are just fans of Toronto and what we have going on here. And then you have motherfucking four corners in the building. See? 
Period. 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 That's all I need to say. I should that should have been number one. But like you know, like the whole like all of my network is like behind me because you guys are all rooting for me. And and then the the final thing is that Golden State just they always win. You know what I mean? So like a lot of people are like either don't like them or just like oh man, like these guys always win. That's boring. We need some new something. Yeah. Like these guys are exciting. Let's ride with them. So like it just felt like the whole world was cheering for us and that movement was just growing and growing and then during like the latter rounds of the playoffs a few times i would dj dj in the arena of course at the games but outside the arena for those who don't know we have an area that's like a square and technically the name is maple leaf square mm-hmm. but when it's basketball we call it jurassic park because yeah. of the movie. and it's just like it's wild out there just like five thousand kids it's usually the, the the fans, like a younger demographic, that they can't afford the tickets to go inside. So they come, they stand out early, and they and they're so excited. They're so wow. So up. And like that shit started from a few years ago. We started doing it. It was like you know, a hundred people, two hundred fifty people, whatever. But as the Raptors started getting better, and as it grew, especially that championship run, the shit was five thousand people max in the immediate area. And then outside of that, there would just be thousands of people beyond that. And it's all—it's playing. The game is playing on the big screen. There's a big festival stage where I'm DJing, and we like throw away stuff, mm-hmm. like uh, throw out giveaways, and then do contests and stuff like that. Now mm-hmm. there's a whole bunch of sponsors involved. It's a big deal. Everybody knows about Jurassic Park in Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Drake would come sometimes and watch the game there. Like to set up, we'd set up a couch and stuff, and like he and the guys would come and watch the games. So it just really felt. Like, the energy was, I can't describe how it felt. You just had to be there. I have videos. When I watch the videos, I'm still like, nah, this ain't, this ain't, I, this ain't it. Like, it's a movie. It's a there. movie. <laughs> you had to be there. You had to be wow. there. And, like, there were few moments in there, one in particular where, where, like, the game before we won the game that took us to the finals, I gave Drake mm-hmm. the mic right after we won the game, and, like, he addressed the crowd and said, yo, I, pr- I, pr- I promise you, a Canadian team, they're not, they're not looking at us seriously because we're an, a Canadian team in an American league, but I promise you, a Canadian team's going to the finals this year. The whole place fucking tore down. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember that night. I remember that because I was watching the finals. I'm like, holy shit, this is four corners yeah. with Drake on stage right now. This yeah. is crazy. You're poor, yeah. You remember that night, right? Yeah, I remember that night. That was, oh, it no, was nuts. It was crazy. Yeah, like the, you're, you're talking about the night when we won the championship? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, has that being said, like, let me ask you this. Take us to the night. Okay, you know what? Let's just call it the shot. Let's call it the shot. Okay. Tell us about the shot. Like oh, when man. that shot went in, like with Philly, and then everybody like, tell us. Go ahead, yeah. man. What's up? I mean, that was a big series. That was like one of the biggest shots in the history of the sport. That's uh, facts. We, you know, game seven, <laughs> tie score. Like we're like right there. We have the ball. Kawhi gets the ball, dribble, dribble, dribble to the corner, takes that shot. Time froze. Everything was, like, I've never heard that building full, but so quiet. Like, 20,000 people plus, because they even had standing room and stuff. So way more than 20,000 people in there. I don't even know how many people. And it was like, ah, silence. And like, and on Joel Embiid, on Joel Embiid to do that, oof. Man. Oh man! Like it was every it was, you couldn't write a better story, and four bounces before it drops in, and like when it dropped in, 
there was a moment of like quiet still silence and you start to hear some people be like oh, and then the whole place erupted and like it's unreal no moment in my entire life has felt like that not even when we won the championship did it feel like that because that was like it came down to that one shot that one moment yeah and normally when we win a game the, the, that, that season the song that i would play would be let me clear mm. my that's our celebration song mm. so just like you know what i mean just, dun, 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 just like a a big celebration you vibe out everybody dances everybody's happy everybody gets the hell out that day i didn't play the song for like i don't know i had to, i held it for like it felt like five minutes maybe it was like a minute but people were just cheering so loud that i just let them cheer and I was like, if I sure. play this song, nobody's going to hear this shit anyway. So I just waited. And just they just cheered and cheered and cheered and cheered and cheered and cheered and cheered. And then I dropped the record. Whoa. And it was like, Crazy. wow. It was like, was wow. a, And then I had... a movie. Do you guys know what Six Buzz is? What is that? Okay, Six Buzz is a, a Instagram platform based here in Toronto. That's like its biggest... It's like, it's like World Star Hip Hop and TMZ and like Shade. Okay all put together but it's a toronto version so a lot of people from around the world follow this platform uh because it's like toronto-based slang and memes and like content super popular i had the um the the owner of that i brought him to the game that night and he's anonymous okay. so don't ask who he is yeah. <laughs> he uh he was live streaming on instagram at that moment when he hit the shot Oof. wow so he captured it live on Instagram, right beside me, and like I have the video. It was, it was a moment, dude. It was such a moment. Like I've never felt emotions like that in my life, and I don't know that I ever will. Like that shit is, like, I can tell you about it a million times. You will never feel mm -hmm. what I felt because mm -hmm. I had to be there. I think. I yeah. think also what made the whole series or even the finals, uh, uh, I would say the whole, actually the whole season, but in, 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 in the playoffs and in the finals, it was like all over the world, even, even over here in Austria, you saw, started, uh, or you saw uh, people talking about uh, uh, the Toronto Raptors and Drake, of course, who people who've been into the hip hop scene and, and, and started talking about him. For me, it felt like back in the days when with the New York Knicks and, and, and Spike Lee, because yeah. He was always yeah. at the games, or he still is. He was in the games. He ran on the court. He started cursing people out, like yeah. talking to trash, talking to them. It was the same with Drake. And I think this whole thing brought it even to another level of, of excitement for everybody because everybody was curious what, what, what he's going to do next game. Yeah. yeah, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And Drake is so involved. And he's like, he can be an intimidating guy. He's a really famous, well-known, quote-unquote, if you want to say powerful guy. And like he's there running wild on the sidelines, making you feel like shit, because like he's he's good at that. <laughs> <laughs> like in the finals when we were playing um the, the Golden State Warriors, and like he's good friends with Steph Curry. Steph Curry's wife is from Toronto. Um yeah. but Steph Curry's dad, Del Curry, played for the Raptors at one point. Mm -hmm. Drake shows up to the game wearing a Del Curry jersey. And then on top of that, he, he Drake Drake texts me during the game. He's like, "Yo, you better be playing Aisha from ABC at every game this series." And like, oh. like already lined up. You done? No. It was it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. He's a lot of fun, and like his involvement, 
is is huge and legit a huge basketball fan and a, a huge Raptors fan. So all of the emotions that you see, it's like it's real. It's like he gets really amped up. He always has, even before he worked with the Raptors. He was just he just didn't have that same seat all the time. Yeah, wow, that's crazy. But like I said, it was like because uh, even uh, in in different basketball documentaries or stories, there were players from, uh, because I'm a, I'm a huge uh, New York Knicks fan, uh, even though, yeah, well, let's put this aside. <laughs> not a good, yeah, it's not a good time to be a Knicks fan, but I feel you on that. Yeah, They're doing pretty good this season, though. Yeah, but you know, I've been saying this for the last 12 years. It's not a good yeah. time to be a Knicks fan. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. Without getting into that too deeply, it's yeah, just yeah. the decisions that have been made are just not right. working out. So right, anyway, right. Right. No, and then people said, and people said in, in in documentaries or, or or like different teams that came into the played against the Knicks um, had away games uh, against the Knicks. They were they said that sometimes they got so distracted by Spike Lee talking shit to them, and some of them were even scared because they didn't know what he's gonna do. So they always had a kind of like an eye on him, yeah. what he's gonna do next. And I think it was a little bit like this with Drake too. Oh, a lot. Do you remember when, I don't know if you caught wind of this part, like during the Milwaukee series, there was actually, they complained. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. They complained, yeah. and then it got into the news and stuff, and like, everybody had to say their opinion on it, and at the end of the day, they were like, yo, it's just play basketball. the game, yo, play the game. Yeah. Like, hey, what the hell do you, like, don't pay attention to the dude that's not on the court. How about that? Yeah. Right. But, sure. he, but he, you're right, though. He's almost comes like a, like a sixth player on the team. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, He's just so there. He's like right there. His seat is right beside the Raptors bench too. So like you can't not notice him. And he's just very, very into it and animated. He doesn't run on the court, but he's right there in the same way that Spike Lee was right there. You know he's there. You know he's there. And not everybody has ice in their veins like Reggie Miller to be able to handle a Spike Lee. Yep. You know what I mean? That's for sure. Right. Reggie, Miller, Reggie Miller <laughs> handled himself. But yeah. Reggie Miller's a, a stone cold killer on the court. That's for Not sure. Everybody has that. Yeah. That's for sure. It's like a Kevin Hart for the Philadelphia Sixers <laughs> running down the court, like going crazy and stuff <laughs> like that. Yeah. Is that all that? I don't oh, know. Kev, Kev's, Kev's kind of small, so I don't know if it has the same effect. I mean, Spike's small too, but like Spike is <laughs> Spike is Spike though. But his Spike mouth is two meters ten. Like yeah, Spike, 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 Spike's old school. Spike is like, yeah, if he's if he's jarring at you, you feel it. I can imagine that. So, and Drake, Drake is Drake is a very similar effect. Yes. Do Do you call the spiked out seats in Toronto different, or the the Drake out seats, <laughs> or the greasy seats, or or is it? Or is you know it? what? There isn't really a name. That's that's a good that's a good point. We don't really have a name for his seats. They're just Drake seats. Yeah, Drake seats. Okay. Drake just seat. an explanation okay. because like. Just two weeks ago, a, a friend of mine, we were, I don't know, it was on the radio, it was uh, New York State of Mind on the radio. And when JC uh, has this verse where, where he says, uh, I'm so spiked out, I could be a referee. I could trip a referee. I could trip a referee, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and, he, and, and he asked me, he's like, what, what does he mean? And I was like, yo, you need to understand. You Spike have to Lee, know right? the then, yeah. 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 It's like That's New York shit, so, though. Yeah, right, right. That's some straight up New York shit. He was so close to the to the to the court. He was sitting so close to the court that he could actually trip a referee. It was it was, it was nuts. So maybe you think about this if you put this. I, I got my little you know credit yeah. for it. <laughs> maybe, I will. maybe I will. We have contests sometimes when Drake's not at the game. There's 
like contests to sit in Drake seats, but it ju- they're just referred to as Drake's seats. So oh, yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. maybe we need some. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna take that. I'm gonna take that to the office and, and we'll have a conversation. Word, word, okay. Word. Um, you're forget. I need. I need to see it. I'm gonna have. I have to ask you. Where is your <laughs> ring? Oh, the ring ring's here, but it's locked away. I should have. I should have brought it out. It's locked away in another room right now. So um, you actually have an NBA championship. Oh yeah. Like ring. Like this is crazy. Yes, sir. I want to see. I want to see that. I'll I'll send you guys a, a picture so you can post it when we when you post the podcast. But yeah, when when you come friend. to Vienna, we're gonna bring you have to bring it with you. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> I'll wear a replica out there. I don't bring the real one. I I wear the real one sometimes, but I haven't. I don't think I've taken it anywhere out of the city. I think it's never left Toronto. But it's fucking it's awesome though. Like with my name on it and shit. Like it's a wow. my childhood dream come true. Oh, well, yeah. championship ring. Like I said, I played basketball my whole life. I never really thought I would go to the NBA as a player, but you know, we all you pick up a basketball, you dream of that. That's true. And to be able to be in the NBA now as a DJ and like music is my love, basketball is my love. I'm able to put them together and like to have that ring. Like that is that brings everything together in my life that I love mm-hmm. in one thing. So like that. I, I'm not. I'm not bringing that to Vienna. No. <laughs> uh, forget. Forget. You know, some of the people like when they see you, they're like, "Okay, he's always partying. He's always doing this. Always doing that." Can you please uh, describe to the listeners right now what it feels like when you're working? Because like the first few years when you started, you was just like, "Yeah, I'm having fun." You know what I'm saying? But now, for you, does it still feel like partying, or is it just work? You talk about like in general. Yeah, in general, like with DJing at the parties or. Okay, let's just say at the clubs and everything, stuff like that. Oh man, I still love this shit, dude. I wouldn't if I didn't love it. I wouldn't do it anymore. For sure. I mean, like, yeah, um, does it feel like, does does it still feel like work to you, or is it are you still partying? Um, I mean, I don't know how else to do, how else to answer that. Like, I everything that I do, I don't do anything that I don't enjoy. For if sure. I didn't love DJing anymore, I would stop DJing. I would do something else. I love DJing. I love nightlife. I love being in the club. It's hard for me to say, like, am I still partying or whatever? Because, like, I've never really had any years where I was partying in the club since I started DJing. And, like, from that perspective, it's always been different than just going to the club and spending money. You know what I mean? I go to clubs on my night off and I go check out other DJs, my DJ friends, or if I'm in a different city, I want to check out different clubs if I'm not DJing out or whatever. Like, I really, really enjoy nightlife. But I'm not out getting drunk like I was when I was 20. I'm like, Mm -hmm. it's a different... I I sit in a different seat now. I feel. feel, feel. So even if I go to places that I'm not from, like, you mean, unlike Yak, who's like, just wants to be like, you know, I just just want to be normal or whatever. It's like, yo, I want to fucking make sure that my shit's taken care of. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to, I don't expect people to carry me in and shit, but like, sure. if, I, if I'm somewhere where I don't know, like, I work in nightlife. I don't want to pay cover at a nightclub. I don't want to do that. Nah. Yeah. Maybe yeah. I sound yeah. stuck up by that or whatever. I don't know. I'm just like, well, no, man, I'm in this industry and I've earned a certain place in this industry that if like, if I can get in touch and let them know that I'm coming, they're generally like, oh, sick. Okay, cool. We got you. And that's yeah. awesome. So like, my nightclub experience is a little bit different than just going to the club to party. But I, yeah, hell yeah. I love the parties though. I love, hey. I love the atmosphere. I love the, you see me, dude. I have fun. Oh yeah. We turned out, man. We turned. Exactly. Oh, man, we and were then, out there. And then 
sometimes I forget that like sometimes at the end of the night I'm like, oh shit, that's right, I get paid for this. And that's yeah, the bonus beautiful. because like I get to like I was telling just somebody just a few days ago, honestly, and, and how much I miss it is like, no, I don't have millions of dollars in the bank, but my life experience, like my regular life is getting on planes and going to the dopest cities in the world and playing at the dopest clubs in the world and meeting dope people and like making people. friends everywhere. And that's mm-hmm. what I, that's my job. I get paid for this. That's beautiful, bro. Like, I'm fucking rich as fuck. You know what I mean? Right. Like there's nothing, that. there's nothing better than to find what it is that you love and what feeds your soul and makes you happy and that you're excited to do. And then mm-hmm. also you get paid for that thing and you right. get paid well and you can earn those facts and like facts. have sure. the life that you want. And that's, that's what it is. Or normally that's why I'm so like in this hibernation state where I'm not just sitting back doing nothing. I'm still like, I'm also a music producer and I've been releasing records all last year and I'm just gearing up for my next releases now. And I'm still DJing here because I just love DJing so much that I set up this live stream studio that I'm sitting in right now. And I DJ uh, a few times a week. And I also started doing podcasts, oddly enough. I, I do them here, like live on, live on Twitch. And then I upload those podcasts to the podcast platforms. And like I, I enjoy all this shit. And that's why I still do it. If I didn't love it, I would sure. find something else that I love and I would do that. And I think that that's what we should all be aspiring to. I'm not saying I got it. I have the best life. I'm saying I have the best life for me because I figured okay. out the shit that I love to do. And I figured out a way to earn a living doing mostly that shit. But I think everybody, and I'm always preaching this because people don't seem to understand. Like you, you're, you're working because you want to get this thing or that car, or that house or that career or whatever. It's like, yeah, that's all cool and stuff. If you love that, if that's what feeds your soul, then do that shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Really? What money is? Like, yeah, get money because money can buy you the freedom to spend what time you have, whether it's a lot or a little, none of us know, mm-hmm. to spend more, most of the time that you have doing the shit that you love. If you have money, you don't have to worry about it. You don't have sure. to spend time doing things that you don't want to do because you need the money. Right. And if you can figure out what it is that you love to do and get money from that, you're, you're, you won. That's it. For sure. Paul, before you ask Paul, uh, for kid, your next question, I wanted to ask him, what advice would you give uh, someone wanting to pursue a career similar like yours? Um, first things first, make sure this is what you love and what you want to do. Like, if you would do it for free, then you know you're, you're heading in the right direction because you're going to have to start out doing it for free. Nobody starts at the top in this shit. You got to pay your dues and... Yeah. Although the learning curve now is probably a lot smaller than when I started because, like, as you can see behind me, I had to buy all these records first before I could DJ anywhere. And now it's digital, so, like, that part is different or whatever, but um, you figure, know that you love it. Like, if you love it, then you will always be able to continue to progress because this shit, believe me, has its ups and downs. Like, every time you think you're you made it or you did something great, there's going to be something that knocks you back down. That's the nature of this business. It just goes up and down. Nightlife, DJing, um, being a musician, like all, all of these creative fields where you're, you're creating experiences and, and, and like, I don't want to say products, but kind of products sometimes for people to enjoy. That shit is very up and down. 
It's crazy. And if you don't love it enough, the downs are going to get you down to the point where you're going to quit. If you love it, if you truly love it, you'll weather those storms because you know this is what you're meant to do. So that's anybody trying to get into this. That's the first thing, because like what we're going through right now is the biggest down that I've experienced in my entire career. And I've been doing this 20 years and it has not shaken me one bit. There's not one moment that I ever thought maybe I shouldn't be a DJ anymore. Maybe I shouldn't be a producer anymore. Maybe I shouldn't do music anymore. Not Mm. one because it's not what I do. It's who I am. Yeah. What about you, Paul? Because Paul, you have produced for some of the biggest artists here in Austria too. You have worked with Cedo uh, and so on and so on and so on. What would be your advice to some of the young listeners listening right now who wants to do exactly what you guys are doing? I, I, I just can repeat what, what Four Corners said. It's like we all started young and, 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 and ambitious and we did so much shit for free. Either it's beats or, or, or it's, mm-hmm. it's gigs and you have to get your name out there no matter what. You know what I mean, and 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 mm. uh, and you have to be a hundred percent. If you really like, it's people say this all the time because it's the truth. But people get tired of this thing. But if you love it, then you 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 succeed in it at the end of the day because then you can get all over the hurdles that gonna that is gonna be thrown in front of you mm. because you just love it. You know what I mean. You you're not gonna leave your wife uh, because uh, if you love her. <laughs> because uh, you had if you just had one 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 little conversation that didn't go in the right mm-hmm. direction you know what i mean it's just like you keep on going because you love it or or you love the, the thing and uh and the same thing over here you know what i mean like for me with producing like i got really lazy the last couple of years just mm-hmm. because i didn't like i didn't really like how the scene developed and how this german rap thing how it where it went to so I, I couldn't, I, I couldn't um, really relate to this thing, but that's also a sign of love because you know what I mean. If I can't relate some to somebody, or who's when I think somebody is not on the same mindset or doesn't follow the, the the same target, then I think his love is not the same as mine. If they just do it for money, that's for sure. And that that's what happened sure. the, the last couple of years. Nobody was out there just doing it because they wanted to do it maybe before they got in career but then they were just uh, chasing the the money and everybody's everything sounded the same and i was always the guy at the meetings at the universal records or whatever who said like guys let's try something different look at the states look at canada look what drake is doing he's putting out a new vibe look at these guys they are setting trends and not following them and i think that's that's something you have to do but in the music industry there's a lot of that and it's not just germany Believe me, like Drake is an exception because he's such a big artist already. You know what I mean? The, the, the bigger artists in the game, they have more freedom to do what they want to do because number one, they've already earned this legion of fans that will kind of ride with them no matter what they do, or at least most of them will. But number two, they made enough money that if it doesn't work out, oh well, <laughs> just it was a different yeah. thing. It's not yeah. no big deal. Um, and they make the record companies so much money that the record companies are like. Whatever you say, whatever you want to do, we're with you. But for those who are not on that level, Paul, it's the same thing here. There's a lot like the record companies in general. And it's, I don't even think it's their fault, really. It's just the industry has changed so much that they don't have as much control as they used to. So they're all freaking out about that. And now 
You know, some kid can just make a song and put it on the internet and be a star. And they're like, they don't, they can't stop that. Yeah. They, they can't make it so that they have to be a part of it for that to happen. Like all of that is gone. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, now yeah. they're moving in a different way with, or they're just, they're really trying to play it safe. Yeah. So it's all, they're looking it's at what's, what's making money. Let's do that. Oh, now it's that, not that. Now it's that. Okay. Let's do that. And there's a lot of that going on. That's watering down the good shit. But like, I'm sure you both know there is always good shit, especially now because people can like, I can make a song in this room right now and upload it and, in a couple of days, it will be on Spotify and Apple and Tidal and everywhere. Where in no time in history has that ever been a thing. Yeah. So yeah true that, true that, for true that, that reason, I think the problem that's happening in music in that respect, Paul, is it's not so much that people don't care anymore. It's that the stuff that's getting pushed in front of us by the record labels and the big companies and the radio stations and everything is the safe stuff. Yeah, because right. they're just trying to find ways to keep making money because they're not making money like they used to make. It used to be, they used to be the casino before. Now they're just the bank. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, True that. They are really just trying to make sure that they're like they're not taking any chances. But all the good shit is still there. We just have to do a better mm-hmm. job of finding or do a little bit more work finding True. it. True. But I, I find like- amazing music every day. It's just not necessarily the most popular music. Right, right. And yeah. when Spotify and all these online platforms made it easy because TikTok. you talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's all there. And even yeah. still, the record companies and like the big companies, even the companies themselves, Spotify, Apple, or whatever, they all have their agendas. They have their relationships. So all the, the, the playlists and stuff, the biggest artists are always going to be at the top of the biggest playlist because mm-hmm. it's a business. They're trying to make money. I totally understand that. Yeah. But there is so much incredible music being made by all levels of artists that yeah. it's just it's up to us to to find the shit and yeah one of the beautiful things about this time is especially when we're talking about nightclubs and nightlife mm-hmm. the music that we play in clubs kind of started to shrink mm-hmm. you know what i yeah. mean yeah the stuff that people want to hear and turn up to is like you I'm a savage. Really, <laughs> Stuff like you guys that. really still excited about these songs that you hear every yeah. week in every club? Like, really just these, or just these artists? That's it? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? But not having the clubs, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying it's a good thing that we don't have clubs. I really wish we never stopped having clubs. But this time with off from clubs has allowed a lot of people, DJs included, to explore music a little bit beyond just what you hear in the yeah. club. Or just what people request in the clubs. And I hope that this time is going to spill over when we do reopen. And like all of us, like myself included, have re- fallen in love with music that I forgot about. Or all these songs that I, oh yeah, I used mm-hmm. to love that song. Or I used to play that song all the time. Or yo, I never knew this artist. Now I'm exploring on Spotify. I'm looking at their whole catalog. Oh shit, they got five records that I could play in my sets. Let me integrate those. And mm-hmm. like, I hope that the shit yeah. is more eclectic and like worldly when we get out than it was when we went in. I hope it will be for me. And, but again, I'm also like on a certain level where I get away with a lot of shit that maybe a, a newer DJ doesn't get away with. And the managers mm-hmm. on the ask about, no, play the new fucking Drake song or your fire type shit. I don't get that energy. So I have the freedom to do a lot. But mm-hmm. if Those we all, so go ahead. 
Uh, I, I said it's like when we talked, I remember when we had dinner and we talked about this. I think like uh, kids were now like my nephews who were between like mm -hmm. 15 and or 17 and 19 now who are really into music. Um, they love they for them. The playlists are already too commercial. Like exactly. uh, I would say that's that's the stuff everybody knows. I want to go beyond that. I want to exactly. dig deep like us back in the days going like into the record stores, buying records that nobody knew and trying to push them or yeah. got records from, from artists that are not out yet or didn't have a deal yet. And I think people were really interested, got a great chance to explore music right now from everywhere, you know what I mean? And for us DJs too, you know? Yeah, I think we all got to different levels of laziness. I include myself in this too. There's like some nights where I'm like, oh man, I prepared all this new music and I got all this shit and I'm going to try this out or whatever. I really love this song. I'm going to try it out at this time when, when, the, when the time is right to see if it can like pop off or where I can break this song. But there's definitely nights when I'm like, man, I know if I just play these songs, everybody will be happy and I'll, it'll be all good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, I hope there's less of that and more of the, the former where we're trying shit and stuff. And I know I'm going to put forth a very very uh strong effort to do that and find new things to mix together and like expose people to new because i mean i've always been one to break records it's never a time when i didn't say okay i'm going to focus on this record or this artist or whatever but i feel like my mind has just expanded so much further over the past few months djing online where there's no crowd to keep happy on a dance floor that i'm just yeah. i'm playing from the heart i'm playing what i like and I could start playing house and then I go to hip hop and then I'm playing some UK grime and then I'm playing some Brazilian ballet funk. And it's like, it's just all. And at the end of the day, at the end of the set, everybody that was there for the set was like, wow, man, you really took us on a journey. And I'm like, fuck yeah, I did. That's what I love to do. Why don't I do this all the time? And I have to kick myself and be like, yo, when I get back to the club, yeah, you got to work within the parameters of what the parties are, but you still got to express yourself and push those boundaries every single set. So I'm going to, Make an effort to. I hope I'm not scaring you, Paul. When you bring me back to VIP, I'm gonna be playing some weird shit. No, <laughs> no, no, no. For me, you see me happy up there. Be like, yes, yes. Yeah, dope is dope, and like, just because people don't know something doesn't mean it's not dope. If they yeah, get for it, sure. hear it the right way by people played by people they trust, they can learn to expand their minds and like more things that they already like too. Because every single thing that we love. Every song mm -hmm. we love, we had to hear it for the first time. Every yeah. artist that we love, we had to hear them for the first time. And sure. at, you know, I didn't love Rihanna before I heard of Rihanna. Now I love Rihanna. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah right, right. You got everything has a first. So if we can be um, intentional and in mm -hmm. making more firsts for people, we can continue to set ourselves apart and like set things in a better direction. So maybe in a few years, the record companies are not just signing artists that sound specifically like one thing. Mm -hmm. If the public says we like a lot of stuff, the labels won't be catering to what the public likes. Yeah. It's all, the power always comes down to the people. So if people demand shit, then that's where that's what, what the demand will have to be fed. Right, right. Yeah. I always, I always like I, we we talked about in the, about this in the first episode. I was always known all over. Europe or where I've where I've been that I'm always going a, a little bit against the regular direction I would say of of the club on purpose because yeah. I was like yo you booked me you you booked me you pay me 
my hotel, you pay me my money, you pay me my flights and everything. That's an that's that's expenses for you. Why do you expect me to play the same shit as your reg, resident DJ does every every night? You know what I mean? No the sense. opposite of what a guest DJ should do. Right. Different. Yeah, and 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 that's that's what I, that's what I'm thinking when I'm bringing in DJs too. I expect them to do something different, and what I always put into my mind from day one, or not day one, but like when when everything got a little bit bigger, and 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 you played in bigger clubs, I was like, I'm 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 here to create an atmosphere, a vibe, uh, mm -hmm. uh, um, and some energy, and the energy doesn't doesn't rely on the song right now. You know, on, on the specific hit right now. Yeah. There could be another song with the same energy or that creates that same energy and not be the number one hit out there. Of course, I play the number one hit because people want to hear it. Oh, yeah. But, but maybe the top 20 hits and that's it. Like, you right. really think right. about other things. And one of the things that I like to do, which is becoming easier and easier as more and more dope music gets popular from Toronto, is like, I bring Toronto wherever I go. Right. And right. like, I, I want to show you what's hot here and what's hot from here. And then myself specifically, because I tour so much, I'm bringing you things that I've picked up that's hot in different places in the world and putting it all together. So like, that's, that's been my thing. But I just feel like in this time, it's even broader than that because I'm digging into like some older stuff that's dope. I'm digging into like some different genres that maybe I hadn't considered this stuff for DJ sets, but now I'm working in them into DJ sets. But I'm, yo, that actually really feels good right there. That energy, like you said, you're creating the atmosphere. I throw this kind of stuff into a hip hop set. That's going to feel great in the club. I can't wait to try that out. Shit like that. So I'm hoping mm -hmm. that this energy carries over because I don't know how much you guys have been um, paying attention to DJs on uh, like live streaming on whether it be on Twitch or on uh, Mixcloud or Instagram or YouTube or what have you. When, I don't know any DJs that are just playing regular old club shit. No, no. Everybody's playing uh, stuff that I, we love. Yeah, I've been, I've been listening to it a lot because, because uh, I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I, I didn't start streaming, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, uh, but uh, I'm, I'm a consumer now, and I did this a little bit on purpose too. You know what I mean? Like, I wanted yeah. to see from the other perspective, not being out there doing my own stuff. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, Actually, you know what? I have a question for you on that. Being that you're, you're a consumer, but you're also a DJ, but you're also a producer, but you're also running a nightclub and you're booking talent. Mm -hmm. How much, and this is a question that's circulating around DJs right now, so it's really, like, I'm happy to be able to ask you this right now. Like, how much of what you're seeing online do you think will influence your bookings going forward? Like, are you looking for unique DJs that you're like, you know what, that person's dope. Maybe I'll look into bringing them when, when, when we get back open. Or are you looking to see like the ones that you were booking that are like, okay, well, they don't seem that much. They don't seem really active right now. Does that mm -hmm. mean that they don't love it? Like I thought they did, or do you, or like, let me look into them and see what they're doing. Maybe they're doing something else. Maybe they're just not into streaming, but they're doing something else. Like, let me see. Like, are you are you considering these things? Um, to be honest, not not really, not really. I I mean, I've been I've been I've been seeing a lot of new DJs or DJs that that I didn't know, and through the network and through Twitch and people host each other and stuff like this, and you see new people and you get in contact with them and try to try to connect with them. 
I think that that's yeah that that's a point that I actually do from that perspective from a consumer or a booking perspective. Um, okay. um, but I understand everybody who's not in the mood right now to do stuff. Maybe because they have to do a regular job. I would say to to right. to do so. I'm, there's no bad feelings about a, a DJ I know who doesn't do streaming or who doesn't do podcasts or doesn't do uh, Spotify playlists or whatever. But I've seen a lot of DJs that I didn't know that I really, really like. And I'm curious if they can do that in the club. Do that in yeah. the club. That's definitely yeah. a point. Okay, yeah. that's very interesting. Okay, so it's not mm-hmm. a negative thing to see that DJs are not streaming, but it's definitely a positive thing to be exposed to new ones. And you're like, you're actually considering booking some of these DJs that you've now discovered. Definitely, yeah. yeah. Awesome, yeah. awesome. That's good yeah. to know. I, 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 I need to ask more bookers this question because uh, it is a very big co- topic of conversation amongst DJs right now in terms of like those, those of us who are streaming. You know what I mean? I mean, I know that if I stream or I don't stream, I still have my network and everybody still knows what I do and whatnot. But there are a lot of DJs that I've, ex- I've come across that you know what maybe they've been killing it already in the clubs in their local city but they just don't tour and that's why i've never heard of them or i've never been to that city right but yeah i'm not a booker so like i'm like yeah sick you're dope (laughs) (laughs) doesn't really do anything for them and and, i mean it could because like i do some exchanges and stuff like that but like not as much as somebody who actually is booking it's very very good helpful information paul for me to uh pass on to some some of the maybe less experienced or like newer DJs, they'd be like, yo, you're there's eyes on you that might turn into something. Right, right. Yeah. Put yourself out there. Like like yeah, everybody said. Out. Quincy Jones said it is like put yourself out there. Somebody if you're dope, somebody's gonna find you. Yeah. No matter what. And for corners, I see that you made music already. Um I've 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 listened to coming at What's the name of the song again? Coming, coming in or something like that. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So that record was amazing. I'm listening to. I'm like, whoa! Tell us about it. Like, exactly. How did you come up to it? How did you end up putting it all together? Oh man, that one was together and everything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I do a lot of. I've, I put out a lot of records last year, and I have a whole lot coming this year. Um, but mm-hmm. that one in particular was a record. The homie, uh, Jape Sar. I don't know if you've ever had Jape Sar from Brussels at VIP. Uh, no, 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 we haven't. Oh, no. oh, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, James R. Yeah, we had him. We had, okay. him. We had him? Yeah, 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 yeah. Super dope, super dope DJ, super dope guy, one of my best friends. I've known him. He's one of the first DJs I ever met in Europe. So we've, um, we've collaborated on lots of things. I've, I've brought him here. He's brought me there. We exchange gigs a lot and, and stuff like that. And we've worked on music, but nothing has really um, come together until that one where he hit me with this demo that like he had the beat, but um, not the full arrangement. And it had like some vocals on it, but he wasn't sure about that. And he was like, yo, what do you think about this record? I did this record with these guys, Cheerio, that are also from Brussels. Um, what do you think? And I loved it right away. Like, the energy of that record was so dope. The production was really unique. Didn't sound like anything I'd ever heard before. So I was like, yo, this is dope, but send me... Um, the the stems, which is like just the parts of the the track, and send me and let me see what I can do. And I just like I fuck with the arrangement a little bit and made some suggestions. And then I did vocals on top of it. I like wrote a vocal and like did that and sent that. And I was like, yo, what do you think of this? And they loved it. And we went back and forth on how to put it together exactly and like how to process the vocals to sound exactly the way 
I wanted them to sound in what ways because that's processing vocals is not my strength. I, I make beats. I come up with ideas. I arrange. I write. Processing vocals is not my, my, my forte. So we had like a lot of back and forth on that part to get it exactly the way I heard it in my mind out. And then once we had it together, it was great. And then it just so happened, this was early 2020. I had the last uh, European tour that I did before lockdown. Um, I was playing in a few countries. Pretty sure Vienna was one of them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. in December. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, then, um, and then I just went to Brussels for a few days so that we could shoot promo and shoot like a little video and whatnot before the release. And it actually released while I was in Brussels. So like at midnight, we were like, oh shit, the song's out. Yeah, like we always do. And I was able to be together with those guys and meet Cheerio for the first time because I'd never met them before. It's a duo called Cheerio from Brussels. I never met them in person until then. JM forever. And the record came out and then we did a couple remixes too that have been, been really dope. But um, yeah, one of my favorite records that I've ever written. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a great record. I listened to it. It sounds, it sounds pretty good. It sounds it, really good. It's been used for some sports stuff and like some other stuff. Oh, that's too. what's up. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm really happy with that record. It's just, uh, just over a year now. It came out last March. Are you working on anything new right now? Oh, hell yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I, got, I got so many, uh, bro, I got so many records that are finished that are ready to go. But okay. the most, um, the next thing I'm releasing though is this project that I started with my homie named Ashton Adams. Mm-hmm. Uh, project is called 401 West. So we, as a group, okay. are 401 West. The highway four, 401 is the highway here in, in like Toronto. And we call nice. ourselves 401 West because that's the way I go to get to his house. He lives in a different. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we just decided we're you know what, um, we don't like that people don't understand that house music came from black producers in Chicago. Like everybody has an idea of house music and it's all different. And a lot of people think house music started in Europe and like, they think it's like white people music. And I'm like, yo, you have to understand the roots of things to like know what it is. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like that to me, it's like if people said, yeah, man, hip hop comes from Asia and it's the Japanese that invented hip hop. And I'm like, really? Like, just do a little bit of research. <laughs> no, it's New York City. Like, come on, it's not fucking rocket science. So house music is that. It's become that, that it's, like, so global. And the roots, it seems like people don't know that it came from black producers in Chicago in the nightclubs. Like, they, mm-hmm. they, they, they created this shit out of nothing, like, just like hip-hop. So we just had a bunch of conversations about that and came across an article with um, Kevin Saunderson, who's, like, the main one of the main guys in the group inner city classic house music band from detroit and he's just talking in this in this thing is like how the bookers of the festivals and shit they don't know who the fuck he is and they're like treating him a ways like if like oh this guy wants to get a booking on this festival and they don't realize he's one of the originators of the music that your festival is about wow and we're like yo that kind of energy like come on man like that's not cool and we love house music and we love original and new and like all kinds of house. So we're like, yo, what if we did a house music project where we took it back to that essence and like focused on that energy, but modernized it and like also use it as a, as an educational thing. It's like, yo, we're two black guys making house music. And it's not weird because house music is actually invented by black people. Check this. And that's where we're, we're at. And we, um, we dropped an EP last year in November, um, three songs and it's doing really well. Uh, mm-hmm. and we're working on our next one. We just, I actually just sent, 
the what we're gonna have as our lead single. Hold on, I just unplugged my headphones. My bad. I'm getting excited. <laughs> uh, I just sent the, the the final version of the new song that we are planning to ha- be as the lead single to our next EP to um to our our PR rep, and it's a fucking dope ass record, um with a dope new upcoming artist. Don't want to talk too much about it because we're just like we're still in the middle of it, but uh, super excited. That's going to be the next release. We're planning on an early May release, and after that, we're going to just shell off all these tunes that the EP and the other stuff that I have already done, and I'm still recording all the time, and just so much music. Like that's a whole new thing that's become exciting to me. Um, Paul, I you you're a producer, so you know. John, you make music, so you know. Yeah, like, honestly. Like, Getting get in that creative process of like making your own music for the clubs that you're gonna be in. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's a next level shit. The way I look at me and my introduction to making music is like I've been DJing and playing other people's songs all these years. Yeah. It feels great to drop a record and see people go crazy, but how much greater is it when you made that record? That's that's a different level. That's a different vibe. It's a totally different vibe. So that's what I'm on right now. I love being on stage, I love performing these records. I love, you know what I mean? I'm doing vocals on some of them and that kind of shit. It's an extra extension of what I've built as Four Corners, as a DJ. And I'm, that's the most exciting thing. As much as I still love DJing and it just put me in front of decks and like just give me some, you know, some people and I'll always be at home. But that next shit is making, producing, writing, and performing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. my own original music. That's, great. that's true. That's great. That's for sure, man. I I think we we could we could we could talk for hours, like like you said before. Man. But I think you have a live stream coming up right now, right? Yeah, I do. In like thirty minutes, I gotta jump on and do a live stream on Twitch. Yeah. All right. So I think we we should wrap it up because my my baby girl is coming home now too, and she's mm-hmm. gonna be loud because she's really loud. <laughs> <laughs> and, and 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 I gotta go start with yoga. I got I I got yoga in a few minutes. Oh yeah. Hey man, doing the stretches. I'm gonna be ready when, when we open again. Yeah, we about to be outside. Everybody, get your get them get them uh, the muscles loose and the summer body ready. We're about to be outside this whole summer, bro. I gained 15 summer. kilos. I'm 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 out of this. I'm not I'm not part of this movement. <laughs> I'm no part of this movement. I'm ready. I'm excited. I'm like I'm I'm getting ready. I'm getting ready. Let's All get right, it. Let's man. get it, Yo, man. Four corners. Thank you very much for joining us at the podcast. It was it was really a, a pleasure. Like always, we have like for I sure. said, we can talk for hours because there's so much mm-hmm. similar stuff. Our mindset is 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 the same, and and how we think about the music. And we have to get you back because I got like 15 more questions on my. This is my new shit. This is my new shit. When I start touring again, I'm gonna make more time to stay in cities because. I've missed everything so much. So like, I'm not going to Vienna just for one. There's been times when I've come to Vienna for like 18 hours or some shit like that. Nah, nah. No more of that. We need to be able to sit down and have good conversations. Yes. We're going to go play basketball. We we, we got to. All that shit. All that shit. We got to go ball. I'm going to start out like, like a good, like if I'm coming out and playing on a Friday, I'll I'll pull up on Wednesday or some shit and let's hang out. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And then you can ask me all the questions you want. I'll ask you all the questions. Sir. We'll continue this life, bro. I make the best burgers, just so you know. I make the best burgers. I got you. I got you. Pull up. <laughs> All right. Yeah, once again, yes, thank you for coming through, man. Thank you for joining us. And it was a real pleasure. And uh, and I uh, hope 
to see you soon in person, man, over here in yeah, Vienna, where I finally make it to to Toronto, man. We've been talking about both. this for years. Both, brother, both, both. Thank you so yeah. much for having me. I'm so happy you're doing this. This is a great mm-hmm. idea. I told you that as soon as I saw the first episode go up. I was yeah. like, yo, that is a great idea. You guys are doing a podcast around the yeah. club and like with the people involved. Mm-hmm. Amazing idea. I don't see anybody else doing anything like this. Hats no on. One. Keep, right, keep, keep doing it. Keep doing we're gonna, it. We're going to have some funny stuff coming up, like having our, having our selector uh, security doing, a, doing an episode with him, how to get into a club <laughs> safely, uh, given yeah. all this. Too. So we got some funny shit coming up, really. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, all right, my man. I'll be tuned in. All right, all right, all right 4K. Right, peace, fam. Peace, peace, peace. Take Appreciate care, it, take man. care, take care, take care, man. Thank you. <laughs> to our listeners, thank you for listening. And uh, yeah, if you, if you like what you heard and if you're feeling the podcast, feel free to subscribe and on Apple Podcasts, leave us like five stars and maybe a comment. It would help us. And uh, yeah, and we'll hear us next time, I guess. John, you want to say Perfect. something? Appreciate it. Thank you so much for everyone to that stayed and listened to the whole podcast. That was with Four Corners from the Toronto Raptors. I'm your boy, John James, hanging out with the one and only your homie, DJ Paul Blaze. See you soon. <laughs> Peace. Yes, sir. Peace. Take care, my guy.